Hi there. Welcome to the From Lab to Launch podcast by Qualio, where we share inspiring stories from the people on the front lines of life sciences. Tune in and leave inspired to bring your life-saving products to the world. Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to From Lab to Launch by Qualio. I'm Meg, your host. Glad to be here and really excited for today's episode. Really quick before bringing on our guest today, we'd love it if you'd rate the podcast. It's easy to do and share with any of your science or nerd friends. We know you have some. If you'd like to be on the show, please see the show notes for an application and we'll get connected that way. Today, we're excited to have Troy Bannister, co-founder and chief strategy officer at Particle Health. Particle Health is a company that's revolutionizing the way healthcare data is accessed, shared and utilized, making it easier for both patients and healthcare providers to navigate the complex world of medical information. You can read more about Troy and the Particle Health in the show notes. So let's get to it. Welcome to From Lab to Launch, Troy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great. So to start us off, Troy, what inspired you to start Particle Health? Oh, man. Um, it was a it was a mix of a few different things. I think um, going way back, uh, when I was in college, I was an EMT and I worked in an ambulance and, um, it was kind of amazing to me that, you know, I'd pick up a patient. I'd know nothing about them. Um, I dropped them up at the hospital. They'd know nothing about them and they'd start, you know, pushing drugs or, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, and you'd just think that there might be a computer in the ambulance or a computer at the hospital that would be able to look up your medical history. And we've all experienced this, right? When you walk into a new doctor office. But you'd think like a, a massive hospital with all the latest tech would have something, but it just didn't. And that was a, a big surprise to me. And this was, you know, maybe 15 years ago. Um, I ended up going to medical school. And again, this was like over and over again. I kept seeing, collect the entire patient history, right? Um, why? <laughs> it shouldn't be there. Um, it shouldn't be a problem. And then I think the boiling point for me um, was when I was actually, I was working with entrepreneurs in healthcare for a while as, as a, in venture capital, and none of them had, you know, a solution to this either. But when I was in um, San Francisco for a conference, I saw Joe Biden speak. Um, he was actually the vice president at the time. So this was a while ago. And he was talking about his son, um, Bo, who had uh, brain cancer, he actually passed away from brain cancer a while ago. Um, when he was the acting vice president, he couldn't get his own son's medical records from hospital A to hospital B. And that was mind boggling to me that the acting vice president of the United States couldn't get his son's medical records from A to B. Um, and so I, I kind of became obsessed with the problem for a while. I was like, how is this, how is this possible? Um, and this, the answers are you know, pretty complicated, but um, it was something that I decided was worth spending a giant chunk of my life and a lot of energy solving. So I just jumped in blindly and started Particle. Wow. What an inspiration um, yeah. from EMT to a conference to, um, yeah, here you are at Particle now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the life science and healthcare industries are, as we know it, highly regulated industries. Um, and we here at Qualio know this all too well because we provide quality management software. How have you navigated the regulatory challenges and compliance requirements while pushing the boundaries of innovation at Particle Health? So I actually am a believer that highly regulated industries, if you get to understand them really, really well, provide opportunities. It's not that you're not allowed to share a medical record from A to B. It's that there's a hundred rules about how you share a medical record from A to B. So if you understand those rules, then you can build 
technology that can solve for those things. So in, in the United States, for example, there's a rule called the patient right of access, which means a, a patient, any patient in the United States has the, the right to access their own medical records upon request. And so that is a legally binding right, um, uh, authorization that can essentially force data out of any covered entity and get that data to where that person wants it to go. And understanding like how to utilize those rules and how to leverage those rules to give power back to the consumer um, is kind of like the thesis behind Particle at its core. Um, it just so happened that around the time I was starting Particle, and I kind of knew about this, but not as it wasn't gonna, it wasn't as, I didn't know it to be as profound as it ended up being was these two new regulations that were forcing data liquidity in healthcare. One is called the anti-information blocking rule. And like it sounds, it says, hey, those organizations out there that have all that patient data, you're not allowed to block access anymore. It's very prescriptive against blocking data. Um, and there's big mon monetary fines if you do, if you are found out to be blocking access to data. And then another rule is just starting right now um, called TEFCA, um, T-E-F-C-A, and it stands for the Trusted Exchange Framework and Common Agreement. And this is creating a standardized way of sharing data across the United States, both in like the data standards and in the, the exchange methodologies, also in the legal agreements between entities sharing. So without going too deep into the regulations, there's, there's a lot of it out there, but once you dive into it and start to really think about utilizing the rules and the regulations, it becomes a superpower. And so that was, that was how we thought about it at Particle. I love that regulations as a superpower. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Um, so thinking about more about the world of healthcare and technology, partnerships and collaborations are crucial, especially mm -hmm. I imagine for Particle. Can you share some strategy strategies you've used to build successful partnerships with other healthcare organizations? Yeah, so ours is interesting, right? In that we think of the world in two sides. There's the data holders, um, these are, you know, it could either be a hospital system or an electronic medical record vendor. Um, and then there's data seekers. And these are, it also could be an EMR or, or a hospital, but um, we found more often it's typically a, a newer incumbent, whether it's like a telemedicine company, for example, right? They don't really have the, you know, 30 years of experience of, of building and, and partnering. So they're, they're relatively new to the market. They want access to clinical records because when you show up on a telemedicine call, they want to know what meds you're on so they can be better at prescribing safe drugs, for example. Um, so how do you get the data holder to give data to the data seeker? And in our world, the data holders do not want to release data to the data seekers. It's very valuable to them. It, it exposes risk to them. There's a lot of reasons why they don't want to share. Um, so we had to use the regulations and the, the new rules and policies that the government was rolling out to get access to the data. And then we we would package that up into a product and sell that to the data seekers. Um, then there's the question of, okay, we have EMR data that we're sharing, but what about pharmacy data? What about claims data? What about all the other types of healthcare data that are required to run a successful business? Those had to be partnerships as well. So um, I think the way that we think about partnerships in, is in more of a, a give and take sense in that there are groups that need to share it and there are groups that need to have it. And so how do we build those incentives um, in, a, in a product that aligns everybody in the right way. That could be revenue share. It could be whatever. Um, but you have to have those incent incentives aligned or you're just not going to make it happen. Right. And how have making those partnerships helped accelerate your mission at Particle Health? 
Well, I mean, without the partnerships, we'd have nothing, right? Because we <laughs> yeah. are we are the 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 um, platform in the middle. We are the 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 pipes between the the data holders and the data seekers. So that was that's the hardest part, right? Like, how do you we, today? We have access to about three hundred and twenty million Americans' medical records, so pretty wow. much everybody. But you don't just get that on day one. You have to build it up and up and up. So we had to kind of look for the highest entities on the food chain that could get us the farthest, the fastest with one, with one swipe. Um, and that took a while to figure out. Um, first, we thought maybe we'd go hospital, hospital practice to practice clinic to clinic. No, not a chance. Um, there's just too many and they don't get it. <laughs> um, they don't want to. Then we thought we'd go state to state. There's state health information exchanges that we could go partner with. Those were really difficult to work with too. So then finally, we kind of said, let's just go from a national perspective and try that. And that worked really well. Interesting. Yeah. I would think the local ones would be easier, but you think so? Yeah, interesting that that was not your your approach. Yeah, I think what's what's interesting is as you go down, right, from federal to state to local, um, you get another layer of of regulations and policies, right? There's a federal rule, HIPAA. We all know HIPAA. Uh, every yes. state has their own privacy framework, and then every organization in that state has their own local policies and and and, and practices and, and and regulations. So. The farther you go down, the more layers of reasons to say no. Gotcha. Oh, these yeah. regulated industries. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is speaking of more uh, data security and privacy, uh, patient privacy. Those are paramount here in healthcare. What steps have you taken to ensure the trust of both patients and those healthcare providers, those data owners, data seekers in your data sharing platform? Yeah, it's interesting because it's not, we don't debate this very much at Particle because the answer is always, what's the maximum we can possibly do? <laughs> like, we just, have, we just have to, right? Um, so, you know, it's all the basics, like all data is encrypted at storage and in transit. It's all that fun stuff. Then there's all the certifications that we did. We did SOC 2, we did High Trust, which is a healthcare specific security mm-hmm. standard, which is a huge one. Um, and then there's all the extra stuff on top of that that isn't even required by High Trust, but we do anyway. Um, like for some of our customers, we just delete the data. Like there's no risk if we don't hold it, <laughs> we just delete it. Um, so there's thing, extra things we do um, on top of even the industry standard, um, you know, plat- gold standards for sure. Going above and beyond sounds like particles yeah. goal there. Great. Yeah, we just we just can't risk it. You just that's yeah. just not a game you want to play. Indeed. Yeah. So the journey of a founder is often filled with ups and downs. Can you discuss a significant challenge or setback you faced while building Particle Health and how you overcame it? Yeah. Um, okay. So here's a funny one. I don't know if I should name names, but um, there was. So I, I mentioned earlier the question for us was how do we go get everybody's medical records, right, and make an API for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the big challenge was who, you know, we can't go do this on our own as a small startup with very limited amount of cash runway. We have to go. We have to go find somebody that can we can work with. And so we went to a vendor who will not be named and we worked with that vendor. Um, they were all, they were a web app. Um, and so they kind of had like, um, uh, it was basically an EMR in the cloud. Like a doctor would log into it. And in that EHR, you could type in someone's name, date of birth, address, phone number, click search, wait, you know, maybe two minutes, three minutes, four minutes. And then the records would pop up from around the country. And it was a cool product. Our thesis had always been, doctors don't want a new web app, a new workflow to, to go to. They, it needs to be embedded in their existing workflow. So we were always been APIs first. 
So we went to this group and we said, we're going to build an API, you know, parallel to your web app. You can sell it. We can sell it, you know, whatever. So we built the, we did the integration. It took us a long time as our first like real implementation as a small team with two engineers at the time. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. We were tiny. Um, we did the implementation. We built the API. We got our first customer. And I actually remember we were up all night, several nights, because we would get a list of patients from them that they wanted us to pull records on so that when those patients showed up at their appointments the next day, the doctor would have the medical histories on hand to treat those patients with. And we were up all night typing those patients' names into the, through the API, downloading the data and getting into our customer system. And we had to do it all night. So we like ordered pizza pizza and we're drinking like Coca-Cola at like 3 a.m. like over and over again, typing, typing, double checking. We had a whole process in place to double check it was the right record, all that stuff. Um, and then I think maybe a week into our customers, you know, implementation, we got a cease and desist letter from that vendor that we were connected with. And they said, you're stealing our business. We're going to build an API now. You can bugger off. Mm-hmm. And so we were just left devastated after, you know, spending three, four months implementing, building our own API and um and eating pizza and just, at 3 a.m and, and eating pizza at 3 a.m and now we had no product in a customer that wanted a product so we had to start from scratch um the good news was we learned how they did it through that exercise <laughs> so we we were able to kind of go piece it back together ourselves well i'm glad that you hung on and hopefully there haven't been too many more 3 a.m pizza nights for you and you're the team since then none work related okay well, that's yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so on that note, what advice would you offer other founders who are dealing with similar challenges or just starting out? I mean, I think one of the greatest lessons I learned, and I think the reason we got Particle to where it is today is because I actually gave a lot of, I'm not going to swear. <laughs> I cared a lot. I cared a lot about the problem. And in the worst moments, I would wake up earlier, not because I thought I had to, because I just did. And I would work extra and I'd work hard and I'd make sure the right person was on the right call. We got the outcome that we needed. And it was just because I cared a lot. And so I think founders know what they have to do. Not like you, you typically don't know the right answer. I think deep down, you typically do know the right answer. It just means you have to work really, really, really hard and try really, really hard to make it happen. And if you if you do that, you're successful. And I think that is the biggest difference between successful and unsuccessful founders is the ones that really care. And when I say care, it can be about the mission. It can be about the people that work for you. It can be about your customers. Um, it can be about money. Like if you just want to make it, if you really want to make a ton of money, <laughs> then you might wake up early and try but that's the thing that, that really got me over the line. I really cared about the mission. I really did. So I would wake up early and try really, really hard for a long time. It almost killed me. I have gray hairs. Um, you can't tell because I'm blonde, but I got gray hairs in there. Um, and that's just because I really cared. Um, so I think that's my greatest advice is if you're going to start a company and you're going to commit five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years of your life, and, and you know it's either going to be a one or a zero typically, right? Either the company is successful and you find an exit, um, or it's unsuccessful and you don't. And so I think if you want to find that exit, you have to pick something you are truly passionate about. Um, otherwise, you just don't have that extra umph and the competitors beat you. That's great advice. That's great advice yeah, for our new our new founders out there. Yeah. Thinking. Having that ethos behind what you're doing every day when you hit those lows is really great advice. I think that yeah. that probably I, kept yeah. you going yeah. through those, that struggle with that vendor. And there's a lot of struggles. 
in the earlier, like, or I think around series a time range, you know, plus or minus six months around that, like there's just like constant issues, the market's falling apart or your, you know, best employee leaves or your, your best customer, you know, qu- quits on you. Like there's, there's always going to be a handful of these things. No one gets away with a perfect, a perfect, you know, growth, uh, startup growth pattern. Um, so you just gotta, you know, they're there. I think like, the thing I always told the team is we are on a road and we're driving down the road. The road has potholes in it. Some of those potholes you're going to be able to swerve around. Some of them you're not. It's inevitable. You're going to hit potholes. So what do you do when you hit a pothole? Do you pull over and get out of your car and quit? No, you like, you keep going. Um, you're on the road. You got to get to the end. It's just, it's, you're on the path. Giving me flashbacks of the 710 freeway in Long Beach there. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Lots of potholes there. Or here yeah. in Colorado, for that matter. But you got Lots home, right? You, yeah. got, you got home every day. Yeah, yeah. I've called AAA once or twice, but yeah. <laughs> Most of the for time sure. I made it home. Kept going. Never gave yeah. up. Um, always wondered what my our, tax dollars were doing. So. We call our board sometimes, you know. Yeah. Terrific. Well, looking to the future, what emerging trends or technologies in life sciences and the healthcare sector most excite you? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll speak, you know, into my world just because I know it so well. Um, as regulation forces this data open, um, it creates these organizations that become kind of de facto data sharing networks in healthcare. We've never had data sharing networks in healthcare. And I think what's really interesting about it is it's looking a lot like the Telecommunications Act, where we now have AT&T, Verizon, and, and you know, T-Mobile or whatever, right? I think it's a great analogy where we're going to have networks like that for healthcare data. Um, you know, we, we don't necessarily, a, a developer doesn't necessarily go to AT&T and build an app. They do it through a platform like iOS or Android, right? So what I think is going to happen in healthcare, and this is Matt, is this will create insane amounts of innovation, I think, in healthcare, is these, these networks that are exchanging data will become utilities, they'll become commodities, where data, beca- they all have to do the same thing based on regulations. So the only thing they're going to be able to compete on is price. So we're going to see price drop, you know, very, very quickly over the next couple of years on accessing patient hit medical histories and, and clinical records. So what that means is we're going to have platforms built on top of these, these national networks, that are going to create developer tool sets and developer um, um, communities and, and, you know, everything a developer needs to build a healthcare company. Um, and that means direct to consumer. It means to life sciences, pharma, it means to everybody. So um, fast forward five years, patient data is going to be cheap. There's going to be these powerful platforms built on top of them. And the democratization of healthcare data is finally kind of realized. And that means we're going to have kind of this Cambrian explosion, I think, of healthcare innovations for the first time ever. The best analogy I can think of outside of this telecommunications one is Plaid in the fintech space, where all the banks were kind of conglomerated together under Plaid's API. And we saw companies like Venmo pop up for the first time. I I don't even remember the world before Venmo, but (laughs) what a convenient, I use it all the time. Like what a convenient tool because it was built for consumers. Um, there were ways to send money from your bank account to your friend's bank account, but it was built by the bank for the bank. It wasn't built by a developer for a consumer. So once we get this, this cheap data and these powerful tools out of the box, people will build things for patients and for consumers in healthcare for, I think, truly for the first time ever, not for insurance companies, not for hospital systems, which everybody goes to because they have the money, but for, for individuals, 
And so I think that's what's right around the corner for us. And that's, that was, that is the most exciting thing I can think of in healthcare. And what do you think patients will do with their healthcare data when it's democratized well, that way? I think this is the interesting thing, right? I think patients don't know what to do with their healthcare data, right? If you had all your health, all your records on your phone, okay, cool. What's, what's more valuable is an application that can tell you something to do, right? So it's not you analyzing your own records and coming up with, you know, good things to do. It's an application or a tool saying, based on your medical history and based on your insurance plan, here's the best four doctors in the area for you to go to based on their quality, based on their, um, you know, context to your conditions or medical history. You know, that today we go on ZocDoc or whatever, and we're like, you know, looking at, it's just like, there's no intelligent way to navigate the healthcare system today because it's not contextualized based on who you are as a person. That's just one example. There's probably, and, and I don't even think we've scratched the surface. Like when, when Plaid started, they'd never even heard of blockchain before, right? But now like <laughs> all, all of crypto runs on Plaid. Um, and so that wasn't even on their radar when they started the company. So like what will happen in healthcare? I have no idea, but there's a, we all know there's a lot of room for improvement. Yes. Lots of room for improvement. And I see if, if patients have access to this, could public health have access to this and have some good predictive models for what could be coming and what we should be focusing preventive, uh, care actions, the, that primary interventions for, so. Yeah. So public health is baked yeah. into the, I'd mentioned TEFCA earlier, that new rule. It's mm-hmm. a centerpiece of that where, where public health will have access to all of our records and probably de-identified sense, but um, I yes. don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. This yeah. has been a very fun conversation. So to close us out, our last question is more of a fun one. We'd okay. love to ask each of our guests if we ran into you at a bookstore or your local library, in which section would we find you? Mm. right now probably sci-fi okay i think sci-fi i've been reading some sci-fi books lately and i've been kind of on a little streak you're very forward thinking so that doesn't surprise me (laughs) yeah maybe (laughs) yeah i find them i find it interesting yeah yeah well thank you so much for joining us on from lab to launch by polio today where can our listeners go to follow along and connect with you troy um, LinkedIn is the best. I'm on LinkedIn all the time. So shoot me a message on LinkedIn if you want to connect. Great. We'll post that in the show notes. Thanks so much, cool. Troy. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of From Lab to Launch, brought to you by Qualio. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and give the show a positive review. It really helps us out. For more information about Qualio, our guest today, or to be a guest on a future episode, please refer to the show notes. Until next time.